I think most of us would be familiar with the name Dr. Fiona Woods. Uh, she's the burn specialist in Perth who came to fame when treating victims of the 2002 Bali bombings and eventually she became Australian of the Year. And a couple of weeks ago, perhaps it's three or four now, she was on Compass on ABC TV where she was interviewed and talking with Geraldine Doog. The program was entitled Sacred Space Healing. And the conversations began, you guessed it, in the operating theatre, the place Fiona Wood nominated as her sacred space. Where she worked was her sacred space. Fiona was raised in West Yorkshire in the UK, a coal mining community. She was educated at a school run by the Society of Friends, the Quakers. The school motto she had was non cb sed omnibus, which means not for yourself, not for yourself, but for others. And Fiona acknowledged the huge impact that that motto had on her life. And you only need to see a small slice of her life to see that she lived not for herself, but for others. And as I was watching this, my school motto immediately came to mind, Nisi Dominus Frustra. If not the Lord, it is in vain. It's an abbreviation or a, a bit of a translation of Psalm 127 verse 1, which was read way earlier in the service to us. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labour in vain. My shorthand version was this, without God, frustration, direct translation of the Latin. And I was caused to reflect on that motto uh, after I heard that program and, and think about it, a motto that I'd had since I was an 11, 12-year-old. So many of these on the stage may be living with school mottos or particular verses that are important to them. This one has influenced my life incredibly, I realised, when I stopped and thought about it. And Sharon will attest to the fact that many times in our life together she has heard me say, without God, frustration. Nisi Dominus Frustra. So Psalm 127 that was read out to us, I believe is a psalm that intends to, to teach us, to uh, instill in us, to inspire us to have respect for the providence of God. In other words, to have respect for the fact that God cares about us and God is in our world as he cares about us. That's what that big word providence means. God is in this world and he cares about us and for us. And this psalm is written to us to inspire us to see that, to teach us that truth. God is the focus of this psalm because his order has been established over human life. And it's he that determines success and failure. God is the Lord in this psalm who's present in the house, who's present in the city, who's present in work life, who's present in family life. He's concerned about and values our everyday, ordinary human lives. That's what this psalm tells us. He's in and values our ordinary, everyday human lives. He's all over them. He's in them. 
And the psalm offers unspoken praise of God's power in our lives, in human affairs, and issues an, in an indirect call for us, the readers, to trust in God and to respect God's ways and to notice God's ways in our very ordinary, everyday human lives. The psalm doesn't offer us a formula for success for daily life. If you do A, B, C and D, then this is going to happen. It's not a moral and ethical guide, which is what we tend to do with the scriptures. What is the moral and ethical guide I can get out of it? That's not what this psalm's about. We are invited to stretch out our hands, hands in trust, hands in submission, and give praise to God for the success we do enjoy in our everyday ordinary lives, recognizing the divine hand in our ordinary everyday lives. Nisi Dominus Frustra. Um, I purchased my coffee from Interstate, sorry to let you know, from South Australia, uh, the state I was born in and lived in for a fair bit of my life. And um, about uh, nearly three weeks ago, I ordered my coffee, uh, so I had it in time to keep on going. And uh, I normally get it in three or four days, but I'd been waiting seven or eight days for coffee. So I rang the supplier or emailed the suppliers and said, I don't know what's happened, but I don't have my coffee yet. They said, we'll look into it. A couple of days later, they sent me the manifesto that um, Parcel Post had sent them that it was in Adelaide. They said, we'll do something about it. So I waited and they said, if you haven't got it in a couple of days, contact us again. So I contacted them again and they sent me another manifest and said, it's on its way. We think it's left Adelaide. They said, just let us know how you're going. So Friday morning, I'm sitting down. I've got my notes out ready to put a few things on page for today. And um, noticed I had a couple of emails. So I'm just sitting here about to go into this without God frustration. And there's an email from the suppliers saying and showing me the manifesto, it's in Perth. You should get it in the next two or three days. I open up the next email. It was from Australia Post. You will receive your order today. It will arrive today. And I'm going, gee, that's great, Lord. This is, I don't have to look for another supplier. It'll be here and keep me going. Well done, God. Something like that I said. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to email the supplier and just tell them it's coming today. You're not going to believe this. Do you know what the email said? Thank God. God is interested in the everyday, ordinary lives that we live. She has no idea what I just said. Says th so I emailed her back. I won't go on with the continuing thing that went on. Michael Frost, an Aussie guy, an Aussie Baptist, wrote a book called Seeing God in the Ordinary. He called it a theology of the everyday. And in this book he says this, let's open our eyes to the so-called mundane expressions of God's grace as much as to the spectacular. He says we're always believers, we're always looking for the spectacular. He says, let us open our eyes to the so-called mundane expressions of God's grace. You'll find them just as breathtaking. He's actually right. 
Um, favourite author of mine, Gerard Hughes, God of Surprises, is one book he wrote, and God in All Things. He's a Catholic. He said this in his book. Our life, is not, our life in God is not something we have to create, but something we have to discover. God is in all things, the psalmist, in every event, in every individual. And then he says this, the best wish I can give to any reader is that you let God be the God of compassion to you and through you. It's Psalm 127 right through. God's in your everyday, ordinary life. And without God, frustration One of the things I keep hearing now is that anxiety is a rising thing in society and there's a real concern about the rate of anxiety that's going on in our society. And it revolves around issues like housing, like work, like family. What's going on in our cities? Psalm 127. That's where our anxiety arises and that we're not going to have enough in any of these areas. We read in Psalm 127, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, if you're living life without God. For he grants sleep to those he loves. I haven't got time to pull this psalm apart this morning. But the psalmist knows about anxiety of life without God. And at the same time, he encourages us, the godly, to trust in the Lord in all matters of life. We must have an eye to God if we're to live without anxiety. And if we have an eye to God, we will see him in our ordinary, mundane, everyday lives. I was about six years into my life in ministry, which is... Um, started 40 years ago and uh, we were out in the Mallee in South Australia at the time and wasn't a very stressful time in the pastorate but I was feeling like I had little to give to the community of faith. I was feeling lethargic when it came to doing pastoral ministry. I was demotivated and as I found out bordering on Burnout. Burnout has nothing often to do with depression and anxiety. It's a thing where you just run out of resources and you just can't do what you're called to do. And one cool night, I just, autumn night, I decided to take a walk out into the countryside where we were living just to be alone with God. And I began a fairly forceful rant with God, which has become fairly common with me. Quite frustrated at what was going on, touched with quite a lot of anger. And I just said to God, I cannot, I can't go on doing ministry like this, feeling like this and depleted and so on. And as I began walking home, the old school motto came to my mind, without God, frustration. And I actually had no idea what it meant because here I am serving God. Here I am with the people of God, just didn't mean anything at the time and I reflected on it for quite a number of weeks went to a couple of my key mentors and reflected on what was going on with them and what I began to learn was that I was not caring for me very well I was not listening to God for myself every time I picked up the Bible and and read even 
in my own personal quiet times, I'd see something and say, that'd be good for that person. Oh, I could make a sermon out of that for the church. I could do this over here. All the books I was reading, they were for everything else that was going on around me. And I was just getting a little crumb off the table. And then it hit me. I had this frustration, not because of the ministry I was doing, but because I wasn't feeding myself adequately. And that motto just spoke to me, without God, frustration. And so it changed the whole way I've approached God. It began a long while ago, a whole meditative, reflective, contemplative approach towards God. A school motto. All our teens most have left. Maybe you've got school mottos. Maybe you as adults here have got a school motto that resonates. This motto has come up so often in my life. It was Jesus who said, apart from me, you can do nothing. The picture of the vine and the branches. And he said, stay intimately connected with me. Jesus himself said, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Jesus lived his his everyday life knowing the father and seeing the father and expecting the father and noticing it and worshipping God because the father was at work in his life. And then over a little later in the New Testament, and this is, again, something that's really important for me, this, this passage of Scripture, but Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, in the home, as a parent, in the workplace, wherever, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward. It sounds like Psalm 127 to me. Look out for God working in your ordinary, everyday life as you work with knowledge that he is in your life. You see, it's the Lord Christ we're serving in the home, in the family, in the workspace, in the community. And we need to, like the psalmist, have eyes open to see what he's doing and to rejoice in it. Nisi Dominus Frustra, without God, frustration has just been woven through my life. So, so with that in mind, you, you'll notice, I think it's in this week's newsletter, there's another call for us just to continue to be in prayer in this pastoral search period of time. Our, those doing the pastoral search don't want to be doing this in their own strength. They want to see God at work in this fairly ordinary process in some ways that they're going through on our behalf. So where you gather in your small groups, be in prayer. Because without God, frustration, even in this. I did suggest that when you picked up your morning and afternoon cups of coffee and tea, you remember. I need to broaden that when you pick up your whiskey, your glass of wine, or your little thing of beer at the end of the day. Stop and go, hey God, We're looking for a pastor. 
I'm praying for that. It's pretty simple, and we can all be involved in that way. And uh, talking with the council, they're looking towards, in the new year, of perhaps having a couple of real big get-togethers where we commonly come together and pray. But we can do all of this. God can hear us all separately in our small groups and gather up those threads. And when it starts to happen, we will see God because we've asked him to be in this ordinary thing that he is in. Without God, frustration is a motto that I'm so grateful I had from my schooling days. Maybe you have a verse of scripture, maybe you have a passage of scripture, maybe you have a school motto that is important to you. Maybe it's worth reflecting to see how much that has impacted your life and kept you in train with the God that you serve. May God continue to bless us because he is present with us. Amen. Thanks. Uh, where is he? Here we go.